Blog Talk Radio. Welcome aboard Flight 1969, service to Jet Nation Radio. Look at what a leader this guy is. Bolt is fighting for his job this year. This is what quarterbacks are made of. Doug Middleton, get a 50-yard onside kick. How stupid can you possibly be making that much money? Folks, grab a snack. Let's go to eat a goddamn snack. And join Joe Blewett and Glenn Naughton for Jet Nation Radio. Nice to be back. We've been away, had a little extended absence a couple weeks since, I think, since our last show. Had some things to work through, some scheduling conflicts. Uh, Joe and I were ready to do a show a couple weeks ago or about a week ago. And uh, for those of you who live in the U.K. or who have lived in the U.K., you may know that the clocks, the clock change, uh, the clocks going ahead happened an hour earlier in the U.S. than it did in England. So uh, so I, I left Joe hanging, so that was my bad. Um, I'm here tonight, but we're going to start the show off with a, uh, well, I say we, I will be starting the show off with uh, some some bad news for anyone who uh, follows, us, follows us on Twitter, would have seen this today. Um, unfortunately, from this point on, the, uh, the show will be a little bit different, or well, the show will be a lot different. Um, in that, unfortunately, Joe Blewett will no longer be with Jet Nation Radio. He is moving on. Joe has decided, and we spoke at length yesterday about his decision, and I completely understand, and Jet Nation understands, and we completely support him and wish him nothing but the best. Um, he's going to be moving on, doing some work with Turn on the Jets. And, you know, Joe was a great part of what we were doing here at Jet Nation huge part of Jet Nation Radio. He, of course, was here before I was. I ended up joining him, and uh, it's been a a fun couple of years. I've gotten to know Joe on the show, a little bit off the show, and uh, great guy. As many of you know, he's currently attending the police academy. He's going to be a great cop, I have no doubt, in Jersey. Um, But what he won't be is, uh, is with us anymore, unfortunately. So we're going to try to hammer out some things and figure out exactly what uh, what direction we want to take this thing in. We're going to take it slow. We're not in any rush to 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 get somebody on board right this second. We have a few options on our plate that we're we're looking at. Um, not something that was anticipated. This, as Joe said to me yesterday, this this uh, developed rather quickly. It was a very fast developing situation. Joe had an opportunity he didn't want to pass up, and as I said, myself and everyone at Jet Nation um, appreciates the work Joe has done and wish him nothing but the best moving forward. And I'll still be following him on Twitter. He, you know, I, I have no doubt we'll be hearing from Joe um, as, you know, calling into this show or in whatever capacity. Uh, but uh, for the time being, it'll be me, Joe, best of luck to you. And uh, do look forward to hearing from you, and hopefully, hopefully catching up at some point. I know, I know, my plan is to uh, to head over to the states at some point this season for at least a, a game or two. 
So we'll see how that goes. Maybe uh, maybe try to coordinate it and get it to where it's uh, I can be there at a time when Joe's there just to say hey. Um, but again, shows changing exactly to what degree hasn't is yet to be determined. Again, this all just happened literally last night. So um, so we'll move on. We will, uh, and like I said, we'll we'll keep in touch with Joe, and we encourage everyone to follow him on Twitter and. And look out for his film reviews, because Joe does do some fantastic work, and that is a that is a labor of love. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Joe breaks down film extensively. I know I watch a lot of film, but taking the time to post 75, 85 plays to to break it down for the fans is is no no easy task, and and you got to have a lot of determination to get that done. And Joe does it well. So best of luck to him. As far as the Jets go, some developing uh, developing news at the moment. For many of you who will download this in the in the coming days, you have heard this by now. But we'll we'll talk about it now anyway because it's still an important decision, and it's still uh, an important. It says it says a lot about the uh, the current structure of the team, and that is that. Uh, Top story right now that people seem to be latched on to is the potential signing of Indomitian Sue, the former Miami Dolphins defensive end or defensive tackle, defensive end, three four four three, wherever you want to put the guy. I think the Jets kind of envisioned him as a three four guy, um, but who knows? They, they basically the Jets made Indomitian Sue an offer. It was said to be the biggest offer on the market. It did come with a deadline. Owner team owner Christopher Johnson has announced that that deadline has passed and the the offer has been pulled. And Dominican Sue will not be coming to the Jets. This is uh, I like this. I like this for a couple of reasons. One, um, again, if you've been following me on Twitter, you'll see that I've been kind of lukewarm to the idea of Indomitian Sue. I know that I, you know, I get into it with people all the time on this. Um, and listen, we all have our own, we all have our own moral codes and, and uh, you know our preferences and what what motivates us as fans. I get you know you hear that line repeatedly that NFL is not a bunch of choir boys. I get that. That doesn't mean as a fan that I don't want good people on my team. Um, and and Dominican Sue is a guy that I think we can all agree um, does a lot of things that make you believe he's probably not the best guy in the world. Um, you know, working on several occasions. To intentionally injure players, you know, I, as a football fan, I have I have zero issue with with lighting a guy up, you know, clean hit, knock a guy out. It's unfortunate, but it happens, and you, you just kind of that's part of the game. Um, but hitting guys after the whistle, you know, stomping on players when nobody's looking, uh, just I don't know, it doesn't uh, it doesn't appeal to me. However, I do understand the talent level. I do understand what he would have brought to the team. <laughs> As a, a member of that front seven, what it would mean for Leonard Williams, what it would mean for for McClendon, what it would mean for any anybody who's on that on that D line, whether it's Mike Pennell, anybody who's gonna, who's trying to penetrate, if you have Dominic and Sue up front, life's going to get a little bit easier for you, a lot easier for you. So I understood the interest, but I wasn't I wasn't crazy about it. Um, lukewarm, I guess, would be the best way to say it. But I'm glad the Jets pulled this offer. You know, I'm glad the Jets aren't going to sit around and allow themselves to be 
to be used for leverage by a free agent who clearly didn't have any intention of signing there. Because listen, they, the Jets again. If, if the if the report we saw was was accurate, the Jets made the biggest offer, and they gave you a deadline, and you blew them off. So clearly, you know, coming here was not a priority, and the Jets didn't you know stand there and wait for the guy, you know, uh, and, and get left holding the bag, if if other opportunities presented themselves. Which at this point, you're unlikely to see an offer or an opportunity to get a player better than and Dominic and Sue on the open market right now because he is the best free agent out there. He The offer, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, was over $10 million a year. It was clearly not enough for Ndamukong Sue, who now will look at other suitors. It looks like the Rams are one of the front runners for his services, and I think we all know that if you plug him into that defense with those corners they just added and the way that, uh, the way that offense performed this year, that team becomes uh, – uh, they've got to be a top five – you know, uh, favorite, odds-on favorite for the Super Bowl because that is a <clears throat> that is a crazy good defense, and he would make it that much better. So Jets move on from Indomitian Sioux. Uh, owners meetings are taking place right now. Again, Christopher Johnson in Orlando has commented on a few topics. Uh, we'll go over a few of those real quick. He, you know, nothing surprising. He was... You know, the Jets did want uh, Kirk Cousins. That's no big secret. But Plan B was apparently in effect. The, the the trading up to get a quarterback has been in effect since during the season. Um, or at least the, the, the groundwork was laid within the organization. The decision, the decision was made that that's what the team would be doing if that was what was necessary. And obviously that's what they did. And we'll talk more about that later. He talked a little bit about the anthem protests. He is at odds with some other owners, kind of saying, uh, well, not kind of saying, and saying that he thinks it's a bad idea to try to force players to, to stand up or to shut up uh, and that they need to, this is something they need to to talk about, you know, between the owners and players, not quite the hardline stance we're seeing from other owners. No playoff mandate, no surprise there. I've seen a few people comment and say, you know, to the Mike McCagney Todd Bowles, do they realize, you know, their jobs are they're out the door if they don't make the playoffs. I've said all along, I think that's that's pure fantasy. Yes, I could see both getting fired if this team is a disaster this year. Um, but if this team shows stri- takes strides and and we see a, a number three quarterback coming and look like a franchise quarterback, they're not going anywhere. You know, if the Jets start off one and five, and then they they finish up seven and three, and miss the playoffs at eight and eight. They're not; those guys aren't getting fired. They're, if they're trending in the right direction, their jobs are safe. So there's there's work to be done, but because of the work that has been done, and we'll talk about that now, uh, this team is 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 much improved. Let's face it. Uh, so far through free agency, the Jets have addressed several key positions. The draft is still to come, and of course we have. You know, there are still some players out there in free agency who could help. Whether or not the Jets make any more moves remains to be seen. But uh, it looks like the Jets are going to have an opportunity to, to improve even further. So let's, 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 let's look at the rundown. Players brought in, players, new players, players re-signed, where they fit, what it means. And the list is long. Jets had a lot of money. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew they were going to be active. And they certainly have been. So 
right at the top. We'll, we'll start with the quarterbacks. And, again, this is something we would have had the opportunity to speak with sooner, if not for the issues with, uh, with blog talk and, uh, and, again, scheduling conflicts. We're trying to line up a show. So I apologize for that, but uh, we'll run through that right now. Of course, the quarterback position, we've got the, the addition of Teddy Bridgewater, free agent from the Minnesota Vikings. He, he comes in to compete with Josh McCown, who was signed, well, or it was announced not long after Bridgewater, that McCown would be returning as well. This is a move that I don't, I don't, I don't know how, uh, I mean, nobody knows at this point how the Jets plan on divvying up reps between Teddy Bridgewater, Josh McCown, and the rookie quarterback. I think we saw what a disaster it could be a couple of years ago when you have, you know, three quarterbacks and, and no true starter, although we've been told Josh McCown will enter camp as a starter. That obviously doesn't mean a whole lot. I think if this competition is going to be allowed to – or if there is going to be a, a, a real competition, I think uh, I think Josh McCown could finish third in this competition if Teddy Bridgewater's knee holds up. We know he missed a couple years with a – severe knee injury we know that he took only a couple of snaps last year but he was cleared to play that's something that and that's something that we did discuss um at one point was was teddy bridgewater's knee and all the talk about oh we don't even know if he's going to be ready listen if he's not ready something's gone wrong because he was ready last year the vikings activated teddy bridgewater in week nine or ten last year now granted he didn't play but he was active so if the vikings felt you know if he was always one hit away from going into the game. You would have to believe the Vikings felt he was ready. Whether or not he is, or whether you know how he performs at this point, remains to be seen. Uh, I can't help but wonder. I spoke with somebody earlier today, and I just you know thinking out loud, I kind of had to wonder: Is Teddy Bridgewater a guy who who the Jets will move if he plays well? Because he he's on a small deal. You know all the 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 online. You know the 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 the, uh, the Twitter analysts, you know, jumped all over the Jets when there was a report that you know Teddy Bridgewater was gonna was gonna make a that he got a one year fifteen million dollar deal, which as it turned out was completely bogus. Uh, what Teddy Bridgewater has is a one year deal, and all that's guaranteed in that deal is five hundred thousand dollars. That's it. They can cut him and not pay another cent. Um, but then there are other incentives where he you know he could earn up to $15 million. And we talk about this all the time. Guaranteed money is what matters in a deal. Fans that were getting upset, I mean, you know, because, because we have to rely on the information that we get from these, you know, whether it's beat writers or national guys, all we have is that info. And when I saw that number, that $15 million, I thought, that is crazy. I said, right, we have to see the breakdown on this before we, uh, before we really react. And uh, now that we've seen the breakdown, we know the Teddy Bridgewater can be moved. Whether he's cut or traded, I think it's going to be interesting to see if, it, like, is this a situation where if Teddy Bridgewater performs well enough, the Jets move him for a draft pick before the season starts for maybe a team that wants a backup? Let, let's say hypothetically the Jets end up with uh, any of the, you know, I mean they will end up with one of the big four. Let's say it's Baker Mayfield. Let's say Baker Mayfield plays well enough in camp that he wins the job. Josh McCown is healthy enough that he can he can be your backup. Well, Teddy Bridgewater, probably the better long-term guy, honestly, as a backup. But at the same time, of the two, he's the one that's got some value if he plays well. So did the Jets look to move on from Teddy Bridgewater and then go with 
rookie quarterback at one, uh, or even McCown at one for you know the first five six games, similar to what we saw with uh, Eli Manning years ago and Kurt Warner, just to get let, let the rookie kind of dip his toe in the water in the preseason and get a feel for things for the first month or so of the year, and then move on, make that transition. But whatever, whatever it may be, bringing in McCown and Bridgewater, if you're going to draft a quarterback at three, doesn't make a lot of sense if all three of them are going to stick around. If you're looking to move one, and don't don't discount Cody McCown. He's got one year, $10 million, $5 million guaranteed, and a $5 million cap hit if he's released. So it's it's not it's not a uh, earth-shattering cap hit. And if Teddy Bridgewater plays well enough, maybe that's the move. Maybe they say, look, rookie rookie quarterback one is playing well. Uh, Teddy's playing well enough to be the backup. So let's go ahead and move him there, and let's go with Josh McCown, or let's let's let Josh McCown go, cut ties and move on. And that that is again, it's a bigger hit than Teddy Bridgewater's five hundred thousand, but it is a possibility. Ruling that out, ruling anything out with this structure, with three guys, um, is a bit premature, but we'll see where they go with that. Next, of course, is Isaiah Crowell, the next uh, next player that the Jets brought in, former Cleveland Browns running back. He's a guy, there is some off-field stuff, and now that, yeah, now that I, now that I mentioned it, we did cover this a little bit in the last show, and, and I'm not going to go on and on about it, because I've as I said uh, last time, there are fans who are saying, you know, please don't make this a uh, a lengthy issue, you know, going on and on. Um, but, yeah, some off-field stuff in terms of Crowell a couple of years ago uh, sending out a tweet on his account um, depicting a police officer being murdered. It was a move that he came out, you know, he, he did the standard, you know, probably motivated by an agent who realized he could hurt his earning power. He apologized. He gave. He paid the cops some money. Gave him, you know, gave him a chunk of cash. Said I'm sorry, and everybody moved on. But I don't think that those are the types of things I don't think you do if you're not uh, if there's not something in your heart that that makes you feel that's the right thing to do. But that's that. You, you got to move on. I'm not going to dwell on that all off season. Um, he's here now. He's an upgrade. You know, from a pure football standpoint, the move makes sense. Initially, I was taken aback a little bit thinking you know why why go why sign this guy with such a deep running back draft class well reality of the situation is that they can still take a back at some point but kind of also started connecting the dots as the Jets are making these signings um you started to think maybe they know that they're going to be giving up some picks here pretty soon which is of course what happened so Crowell will move into the well he'll share carries as running back him, Blah Powell, Elijah McGuire, and maybe we do see a rookie come in. Again, it is a deep class. You might get a nice back in round five. Uh, we'll see if that's a priority, if that's the direction the Jets go in. I would think unlikely at this point. I think you go with three guys you have and maybe a, uh, an undrafted guy to compete because, um, you know, again, with the, with as few picks as they have, they have bigger needs now than running back. But, again, if the value is there, you may see them go in that direction. Continuing on the offensive side of the ball, wide receiver. A uh, couple of couple of moves there. One big one, and one that uh, remains to be seen. One one not so big move, but Terrell Pryor, wide receiver from the Cleveland Browns. This is a guy who had just over a thousand yards receiving a couple of years ago, which in all reality 
was his first ever full season as a wide receiver. For those of you who remember, the Jets did play the Browns that year, where where he uh, where he flourished at the receiver spot. And prior, I I want to say he put up a put up 100 yards on Darrell Revis in the first half. Now, granted, this is when Darrell Revis was mailing it in um, and wasn't really all that interested in playing football anymore. But uh, 100 yards and a half against any NFL corner, that's a pretty good day at the office. Last year, of course, he was hurt. Uh, he only started, I think, uh, started a handful of games. Only played nine, if I'm not mistaken. Went on IR with an ankle issue. The production wasn't there, obviously. New offense, new quarterback, fewer fewer games, fewer starts, and not healthy. So the production wasn't there. But let, let's face it, guys. This is a this is a six foot four, six foot five wide receiver who runs a forty in the four fours, um, and that appears to be his sort of on a bad day in the four fours. And he's shown he can catch the ball and make plays with the ball in his hands. He should be an excellent red zone target. I think that that was a you know it was it was a slightly surprising move at the time because because there were other needs other than wide receiver. But when a player that good becomes available and you can get him you know on a one year deal, which is I'm assuming it is. I actually we haven't seen the numbers on that yet on on the length of his contract which I think is a little bit strange. By now I would have expected to have heard more than we have. I've heard rumors that it's a two-year deal, but not able to confirm that at this point. But even on a two-year deal, it's not a long-term commitment. And uh, and he's a player who could really, really help change this offense. Because let's face it, you know, with Robbie Anderson's situation, we have to anticipate him missing at least the first four games of the year. And there would have been a little bit of a big gap there. But Looking at it, looking at it on the, on the positive side, you know, if if Robbie Anderson and I, I, I understand that's about as big an if as you're going to get, based on the way he's conducted himself off the field. But if Robbie Anderson were to get his head on straight, and you have him lined up on one side of the, of the offense, running his what you know what Robbie ran out of college a four three four, you got him on one side six two six three four three four, and then you got Pryor on the other side. Six four, running a, a four four one. That that those guys can do some damage. Quint, you know Quincy Nuno. We don't know what's going to happen with him. This is the problem with the Jets right now at wide receiver. They have a lot of talent. They have a ton of talent, but they have a ton of question marks. Quincy Nuno, of course, missed the whole season with that bulging disc. Had a bad injury that that knocked him out for the year. But if he comes back, and you have Robbie Anderson burning guys on one side and DB's trying to keep up with Terrell Pryor on the other. And then you're going to have Quincy Inunua and Jermaine Curse underneath letting guys, I mean, this, this also, let's face it, this has to be a, a little bit of a wake up call to our Darius Stewart and Chad Hansen because that's six wide receivers right there. Um, are they going to carry six guys at wide receiver? That's possible. But it really it seems like every year with this team somebody somebody comes out of camp and looks good and, and steals or almost steals a roster spot at receiver. And uh I don't know how comfortable those guys can be right now. It would be surprising to see 
a fourth, fifth round pick get cut after year one. But Mike McCagnan is clearly not uh, not messing around with these picks. And listen, here's the funny thing and the hypocrisy is that if Mike McCagnan cuts either our Darius Stewart or Chad Hansen, fans are going to jump up and down and they'll criticize him. And I'll be one of them, especially if it's if it's Stewart. Um, just from the, in the sense that I really wanted a corner in that spot. But making that move, that's the type of move we see from Bill Belichick all the time. And people say, that's what makes Belichick great. He doesn't mess around. If, he, if The second he realizes somebody doesn't have it, he lets them go. He doesn't get attached to his draft picks. Was it Chad Jackson, I think? There was a receiver they drafted, the Patriots drafted years ago out of Miami in the second round. Cut him the next year. Second round pick. Just dumped him. They just felt he didn't have it. And they moved on, and that was that. And Belichick gets praised for that, um, but Belichick's Belichick. He's got quite the resume. Uh, Mike McCagnan, not so much. So there will be some heat if if Hanson or Stewart are cut, but to me that's that's a good thing in the sense that it means that things are working out at receiver at all of those other spots because there are plenty of uh, plenty of talented receivers on this team. And this this was important. This was an important thing for the Jets to do, go out and get a guy like Pryor. And, and there, I like that we're seeing them try to set up this rookie quarterback, whoever it's going to be, set him up to succeed. Because, I mean, really, with these weapons, there, there's no reason he shouldn't. There's no reason any quarterback shouldn't exceed, shouldn't excel, rather. Uh, another, another wide receiver, Andre Roberts, signed recently, former Cardinal, former Atlanta Falcon, more of a kick returner guy, uh, been in the league a little while. He's a guy that you look at and you can see him not making the roster if they can find a young kid out of college who can uh, who can return kicks and punts a little bit. So Roberts, I'd, I'd be surprised if he sticks, but he did sign a one-year deal recently. Spencer Long, again, staying on offense, two O-linemen brought in. Well, one, one brought in, one brought back. Spencer Long, Washington Redskins center. Good move, makes sense. Again, the contract, great contract. Sounded like a big contract when it was first reported. I think I heard four years, $28 million. And now we find out Spencer Long is on a contract that allows the Jets to cut him after one year if the injuries resurface because he has had some injury issues um, or if he just doesn't play well. If the Jets aren't happy with Spencer Long, no matter what happens, if he's physically on the field, he's a, a tremendous upgrade from Wesley Johnson last year. I've gone back, watched some of his film. He's not a dominant guy, but he does some things well. See him hit some guys you know, on the move hitting moving targets, not, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's a pro bowler and he does these things at a high level consistently. He just does them far better than Wesley Johnson did. He's going to be at the very least a middle-of-the-road center, which I know fans get upset anytime. Well, not, not, not all fans, but a lot of fans get upset when they sign a guy who, who doesn't have a pro bowl resume. But look around the league, folks, everybody, the best teams in the NFL have some players who are just good. And that's okay. Not everybody's a superstar. And Spencer Long is a guy who's, who's played well enough that he will be an upgrade, but he's missed enough time that it was smart for the Jets to build into his deal that they could cut him next year with, I think it was a million-dollar cap hit, and they'd be done with, you know, the rest of his deal would be off the books. So it's, it's basically a one-year show-me. It's not, it's not as if this is a four-year, $28 million deal where they're, gonna, they're guaranteed to pay this guy $17 million or anything like that. They uh they got a good player at a position of need on a friendly on a team friendly contract so that's that's a nice move there. We also saw Ben Agilano return. This is another good deal. 
I know a lot of fans are down on Ijelana. He's not great. I'm not saying he is. Kind of along the lines of Spencer Long. But look around the league again at at offensive line play. Look at teams like the Giants. Look at teams like the Seahawks, whose quarterbacks are just constantly running for their lives. And there was some of that last year with the Jets. But uh, this will hopefully be an upgraded unit. But to, to bring in a guy who has experience at left tackle, right tackle, um, it, it's a good move. Again, Ben Ijelana, far from a, a Pro Bowl caliber player. Um, and he's pro- I mean, honestly, he's he, he would be a bottom tier guy. He is. I mean, there's a reason he's not a starter. He started some a couple years ago at right tackle and was was more effective in some aspects of his game than others. But again, he's he's an experienced O lineman who has played well enough at times to justify bringing him back on board. Clearly, they just didn't like the number they had him at. They had him. Uh, they, they could have retained him at, at four million this year, but they let him go earlier in the off season, and then brought him back this year or brought him back weeks later. So. Ben Ajelana's back, add some depth, both tackle spots, no-brainer. Um, this is a move that the Jets, it's, you know, it saves them having to bring in an unfamiliar face, bring in a, a less experienced player, or potentially use a draft pick, although they should still be using some draft picks on the O-line, of course. Um, speaking of players who were gone for a short time and are now back, defensive ends or defensive end Xavier Cooper, a player who was added during the season last year, former Cleveland Brown. And he played – listen, Xavier Cooper was good. Xavier Cooper was not uh, – again, he falls into that mold. Just he's a, he, he was a good football player last year, a guy you could definitely live with. I mean, he was an upgrade over Mo Wilkerson, but, you know, as we said many times during the year, anybody who tried was going to be an upgrade over Mo Wilkerson. So Cooper is a, a good value signing, another guy, one-year deal who, you know, provide you a little bit of depth along the D-line. And same goes for Mike Pennell, who the Jets also brought back. Pennell got a few years, though. Pennell got himself a three-year deal. And I think that uh, a, a lot of Jets fans who paid close attention to this team were happy with that move. A lot of, you know, there were some, there were those who said, oh, this guy, he had some boneheaded penalties, which he absolutely did. Cost him, it was a Carolina, I think, cost him a game, potentially. Um, but after, you know, he had a couple penalties in his first – um, not his first couple games, but his first couple games where we saw significantly significantly increased reps. Um, he had some boneheaded plays. But after that, and Joe and I talked about this during the season, he looked phenomenal. Um, just clogged up that middle. And, you know, we saw a few plays where he, you know, there's one play, I can't recall off the top of my head which game it was. Joe talked about it at length. You know, snatched the running back out of the air and, and you know, pulled him back down inside the, the five-yard line to prevent the touchdown on where it looked like the – the back was going to get in. So it's a nice job bringing Mike Pennell back. He can play the nose a little bit. Um, or he can play the nose a lot. He's a big man. So you can move him around, you know, whether you want him to go play on the interior on a, a sub package or, of course, on the goal line. Or if you're in your base, he can be, you know, your top guy on the nose. So a good move there. And staying with the, you know, on the defensive side, a couple of smaller deals. Um, Actually, one interesting, um, Kevin Pierre-Louis, he's a special te- outside linebacker, special teamer primarily, and uh, he got two years, $6 million. That's $3 million a year. This kind of reminds me of the Josh Martin deal last year, where you looked at it and said, well, it's, it's not starter money per se, 
but it's certainly not the type of money you pay to a guy who's going to exclusively play special teams. So maybe maybe they view a, a, a bigger role for him than he's had in the past because, again, $3 million a year isn't, uh, isn't the type of cash you expect to get doled out for a guy who's just going to be a gunner. Um, I think that they may they may have some plans for him, and it's you know you you wonder what that means for the future of a guy like Josh Martin. But Pierre Louis, I mean, he's got he started one game in his career. He's you know for a guy who's been in the league four years, he's got one start. You give him three million a year. They clearly, I know they just need help on special teams, but I think they envision maybe a slightly larger role for him there. And, you know, remains to be seen. I'm certainly not going to sit here and pretend uh, I've watched a great deal of Kevin Pierre-Louis, who's got one career start. Um, and that was a few years ago at the Seattle Seahawks. Spent three years in Seattle, one year in Kansas City. The other linebacker, Brandon Copeland, former Detroit Lion. He'll be another another special teams guy who could have a shot to, to compete for playing time on the outside. He's, I looked into him a little bit. He's had some injuries some things that have held him back a little bit. Now, whether or not it's strictly the injuries that have stopped him from from earning some more playing time remains to be seen. We'll find out, I would imagine, fairly early because this team doesn't have, or at least at the moment, um, this team doesn't have a, a, a true force on the outside um, opposite, opposite Jordan Jenkins. Jordan Jenkins obviously has cemented himself in. He's going to be a starter. He's going to be there for years. Kevin Pierre-Louis, Brandon Copeland, these are the types of guys that are going to be on the opposite side. Josh Martin, um, if he lasts, and, and I hope he does. I've said on the show before, I'm a big Josh Martin fan. I think he will be fine um, if, you know, for no other reason. He is a very good special team player himself. Um, I don't think he's, he's in any danger, but maybe a guy like Freddie Bishop, somebody like that may be on the way out. Avery Williamson. This is a guy I wanted to talk about for uh, for the last few days after watching some more film on him. Inside linebacker. Comes in from uh, Tennessee, where he started the last few years, last three, four years. He's played at a high level. He comes in to replace Demario Davis. And uh, he's, he's a similar player to Davis. Not great in coverage, but does a really good job in the box. Uh, a bit of a thumper on the inside. He's going to force the occasional fumble. And let's face it, for the for the money he got, and for the given the fact that he's younger than Demario Davis, I like the move. You know, I, I did like Demario. I said that in the last show. Um, I wish they were able to find a way to make it, you know to make things work out with him. Obviously, they didn't, so the Jets had to move on. And now Avery Williamson comes in, and he's the he's the big signing on the defensive side of the ball, second only to Tremaine Johnson, who got a mega deal, five years, seventy-two million. I don't have the guaranteed numbers in front of me right now. But Tremaine Johnson is now your number one corner instead of Morris Claiborne. And, I mean, what that should do for this defense, should, being the operative word, uh, I mean, it, it should make a huge, should have a huge impact. Because, as we know, Todd Bowles likes to man-press corners, uh, and that's exactly what this guy is. It's exactly what Johnson brings. So if Johnson plays to his full potential in this scheme, you now go from Morris Claiborne being your number one, where he wasn't—he he didn't do a great job, 
um, to Morris Claiborne now bumping down to number two. So now really you have upgrades at both corner spots. You're going from Claiborne to Johnson in one, and then from Screen or Burris or whoever was Roberts, whoever was on that other side, to Claiborne, who's better than all the guys below him. So now your cornerback one spot is upgraded. Your cornerback two spot is upgraded. You still have, you know, you still have the young safeties and May and Adams. And all of a sudden, this secondary looks like, wait a minute, this this is this is a playoff caliber secondary. These guys can cover. These guys can hit. Johnson's a good tackle. Johnson's a very good tackler. He's not afraid to stick his face in the fan. Same goes for Buster Screen, and I know Jets fans are down on Buster Screen, and I know Buster Screen drives us crazy at times. But as I've said several times during the during the season and the off season, I think he stays. I think he's safe, unless another free agent shakes loose who they like more. I think the Jets like Buster Screen's mentality. I think they like his durability. I know he does draw some flags. He draws more flags than anybody else. It feels like at times, and I think he does. But minus minus the uh, some of his his worst games last year, he was terrible against Miami. Um, he had he had three or four games where he was atrocious, but he also had three or four or five games where he was one of the better players on the field and just played out of his mind. Um, at one point, I think it was four straight games. He really felt like, wow, this guy's turned the corner. Um, probably his best year as a Jet overall go back and watch that New England game, and he was all over the place. Several passes defended, uh, just provided tight coverage throughout. So you saw that he can play at a high level. He can't do it consistently, um, which is why he's not a number one corner um, and a borderline number two corner. But as I talked about earlier with the O-line, you get a lot of that in the secondary too. There's a lot of defenses right now that, I mean, put it this way, if Buster Screen were a free agent tomorrow, he'd, he'd be signed within a couple of days. He like him or not, um, I, you may think that he's a guy who uh, who can't do anything right. Cause, and I, I get it. I'm right there with you. There's, I have those days too. I've been guilty myself of saying, let's get rid of this damn guy. But in all reality, you look at the cornerback play around the league and you think you could do worse. I don't think he'll be back after this year. I think this will be his final year with the team, unless he plays great and uh, earns himself another couple of years. But I, I just don't see it happening. I think corner will be addressed in this draft. They took a couple in last year's draft. So I think they're going to give some of these guys an opportunity to, to earn some playing time. But Buster Screen, I think, will be back barring some type of shocking move, uh, you know, maybe a team letting go of a starting corner. Um, anything can happen, but as of now, I fully expect him to do that, to be back. Uh, another player returning, Terrence Brooks, the safety. He was acquired last year, as we know, from the Philadelphia Eagles during the preseason in exchange for Dexter McDougal. Had a couple solid outings. Backup safety, a little bit of versatility, uh, good speed. He can play free, he can play strong safety. Um, you could do worse in terms of depth. He's not a bad guy to have around. It's not It's not the type of uh, it's not a signing that's going to make headlines, but uh, – Still a solid move. They clearly liked what they saw from him last year. And uh, and a new kicker. A new kicker comes in. Cairo Santos. He comes in on a one-year deal as well. He uh, replaces Mark Catanzaro, 
who departed via free agency, and now Santos, who was a former, I want to say he was with the uh, with the Cardinals. No, he wasn't because that would have been Catanzaro. Let me look that up. He was with the, he was with the Bears. That was it. Um, Santos comes in, strong leg, soccer-style guy, if I'm not mistaken, who uh, he hasn't been around for a very long time. But he's had he's, – I want to say he hit – I'm going to look that up right now before I say it because I don't want to get that wrong. Yeah, I was going to say he's in the, the, the mid-80s lifetime field goal percentage. He's at 84.1. Um, Chiefs and Bears. I said I – said, uh, who did I said cards and bears? Chiefs and bears. From fifty yards out, career seven for thirteen. Forty to forty nine yards, twenty three for twenty nine, and thirty four for thirty seven from thirty to thirty nine, and twenty five for twenty seven from twenty to twenty nine, one for one inside of twenty yards. So it was a need. They had, the Jets had to make had to make a move with Catanzaro bolting. Uh I would expect to see some a leg in camp. Um, I mentioned Ross Martin on Twitter. I know that uh, myself and basically everyone who covers the team said last year that they were shocked to see him, to see Ross Martin lose out on that job last year to Catanzaro. There were some kickoff issues, but it was an odd decision based on the fact that the kickoff is dying. I I think teams, uh, you know, when you watch the Patriots, when you watch some of the better coach teams, you see their kickers often – Trying to trying to drop their kicks, you know, inside the ten, inside the five, uh, to force a return and, and keep guys inside the twenty-five yard line. But the Jets uh, apparently wanted a guy who could force a lot of touchbacks and give the ball up at the twenty-five. Lack of faith in special teams. Who knows? Maybe maybe Martin's leg was even that bad that he couldn't get the hang time on the short kicks. But for whatever reason, he didn't make it. And uh, from what I understand, hasn't been contacted by the team. So he, it's unlikely we'll see him again. That's fine. You know, uh, whether or not uh, another kicker comes in remains to be seen. And still plenty of time to work that out. So all in all, and, you know, at least in my opinion, as a, uh, you know, as an outside observer, I don't know how you could be unhappy with the way free agency has unfolded unless you were hanging all of your hopes and dreams on Kirk Cousins, which I don't think many people were. I think most of us knew he wasn't coming here. We knew the Jets would make an offer, but it looked like he was going to Minnesota. But what you've done now, what Mike McCagney's done, the quarterback room is now better by getting Teddy Bridgewater. You now have a backup. who Teddy Bridgewater at this point in his career uh, on one leg is a million times better than Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg. So your backup quarterback is better. Your starter, again, hypothetically, on paper right now, uh, Josh McCown uh, is the same, but that obviously will change come draft time. You've upgraded at running back by adding Crowell. He has a uh, added dimension this team's been missing for a while. He's, he does run with power, downhill guy. You've upgraded at receiver. You've now got two guys who run, you know, 4-4 or even sub-4-4 40s, both, you know, big body. Well, not big bodied in terms of, you know, Robbie Anderson's not what you call a big bodied receiver, but he is a tall guy you know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, whatever he comes in at. So you got two guys that are 6'3", plus on the outside that run sub 4'4", 40s. You improved your depth with Ajalana. Roberts could be the answer as a kick returner, but again, I doubt he sticks. You made a huge upgrade at center with Long. Kept some of your depth with Cooper and Pennell. Added some depth at linebacker with Pierre-Louis and Copeland. Williamson, at the very least, should be a wash with uh, DeMario Davis being gone. You've made a huge upgrade at corner one. 
Tremaine Johnson coming in from Morris Claiborne. And as I said earlier, that results in a huge upgrade at corner two where Morris Claiborne, if he can stay healthy, takes the place of Roberts, Screen, and Burris, those types. Uh, so two of the most important spots on the field, corner, both upgraded. Solidified, again, some depth with Brooks. And then, of course, Cairo Santos is your kicker. So on offense, on defense, significant improvements up and down the roster. Uh, no, I am not saying this team is going to go out and win 13 games, but this is going to be a much improved team this year, um, or at least it should be. I mean, listen, if if uh, if Todd Bowles can't find a way to make this defense work, then then he's in, I, I think he would be in more trouble than Mike McCagnan at this point because, listen, it, it's – it's the job of the GM to bring in the talent, okay? So what Mike McCagnan has done, purging the roster last year, creating a ton of cap space, he has brought in guys who have shown they can perform. It's not, it's not a matter of, oh, well, Todd Bowles is, still has guys who aren't proven. That's not the case anymore. He got him a proven number one cornerback. He's got him a proven number two cornerback. He made sure he, he got younger at linebacker. He got better at receiver, better at quarterback, better at center. So when uh, when your across the board moves are notable, notable improvements at critical positions, that's and 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 this is a known thing. We're not talking; these aren't draft picks. We know these guys can play in the NFL. We know they can play well. If they come in here and they stink it up, um, I'm always of the belief that. Uh, that one's on the coaching. You you want to say draft picks come in and don't perform? That's that's 100% on the GM. That's the Jets' job. It's, it's the GM's job to bring in, you know, to draft talented players. When you're signing players that have proven they can play, that's the GM doing his job as well. But if, he, if you get a guy who's been a pro bowler and your new coaching staff turns him into a bum, that's not the GM's fault. Um, you know, it's, it, it, now if there's a clear situation where a guy just doesn't fit a scheme, that's the difference. I know the Jets brought in EJ Gaines, and clearly that was a weird thing. EJ Gaines, free agent corner from the Bills, ended up signing with Tampa Bay, I believe. Um, no, sorry, Cleveland. Um, he came in for a visit, and I said early in free agency I didn't expect him to to come in because he, he was his own guy. The Jets like man corners, and they didn't want his own guys. And they brought him in. He left without signing. And then he sends a one-year deal for $4 million. I mean, if that's not an offer the Jets made, I'm, I, would, I would imagine they didn't make any offer. Because that's 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 peanuts for a guy who played as well as he did last year. But if you do bring in a guy like that, then that's on the GM. You bring in EJ Gaines and tell Todd Bowles, here I got you a starter, and everybody knows Todd Bowles prefers, you know, physical man corners, and you get him his own guy. That's on the GM. But that's not what we're seeing here. We're seeing guys who fit the scheme, and guys who've proven they can play in the NFL. If this team isn't much better this year. That, to me, is on Todd Bowles, not on Mike McCagden. So we'll find out eventually where they, uh, how these guys perform. And, of course, most importantly, the number one thing on Jets fans' minds at the moment, and I want to say, what are we, 32 days away from the NFL draft, where, let's face it, we don't know how it's going to turn out, but the next few months are probably going to be the best few months for Jets fans in terms of optimism and, and, you know, at least feeling like we got a guy who can lead this franchise and who can be the franchise's quarterback for,
for the next 10, 12, 15 years. Because Mike McCagnan made a move. We, you know, we, we all, we've heard a million stories, and it's been reported over and over. It was the biggest story in the league for a couple of days. Moved up to three, from six to three. He gave up the requisite draft picks. He gave up number 37, second rounder. Gave up number 49, another second rounder. And then gave up next year's second rounder. So three second round picks to move up three slots which some idiots are saying is a, the Jets got ripped off. Can't believe they made this move. This is such a bad move. I don't know how you come to that conclusion. That, that draft value chart, I don't want to hear about that. The draft value chart is a nice little guide when you're making trades outside the first round or outside even, even outside the top ten. That thing doesn't apply. If you're an NFL general manager, you're not doing your job if you're sitting there with the first pick or the second pick or the third pick or the fourth pick, and you know, let's, let's, say, you're the, let's say you're the Indianapolis Colts, and you know the Jets want that third pick. You know they, they have to have that pick. And you know the Broncos are going to, are going to make a run at that pick. You know the Bills are going to make a run at that pick. Do you care what the damn draft value chart says? Or are you going to try to milk these teams for as much as you can get? Are you going to sit back and say, you know, listen, we got a few weeks till the draft. We're not in any rush. Make us some offers. And, and force a team to make you an offer that's good enough that you say, you know what, let's go ahead and make that now. Let's, instead of waiting a few weeks, instead of waiting six, seven weeks, let's make this deal now because we're a rebuilding team. We need a bunch of pieces, but we have a quarterback. The Jets, on the other hand, didn't have a quarterback, as we, as we well know. So what, what else are the Jets going to do? I, I've heard people say, this is, I can't believe they traded up to, to possibly get the third best quarterback in the draft. That that is that could not be less relevant. That could not be less meaningful. The job Mike McCagnan's job right now is to sit down with his staff or I should say his job a couple of weeks ago, which he's now done it. You sit down with your staff. You look at the quarterbacks available and you talk to your scouts and you say, Listen, let's get a consensus here. How many quarterbacks are there in this draft that we believe we can build around and win something? How many? And if that number is two, you work to get in the top two. If it's four, you work to get in the top four. If it's three, you work to get in the top three. I mean, hell, if it's four, you still work to get in the top three if you want to get a guy maybe you prefer a little more. But what what GM is going to say, well, we have a chance to get up to three, and we think we believe we can win with the guy who will be there at three, but we're not going to make that move because he's the third best quarterback in this class. How stupid is that? What, what mindset is that? that I'm, it, it's a dumb move to trade up to three because you're not getting the best quarterback. It's about getting a quarterback that's good enough to win with. Now, whether or not that is the case remains to be seen. I'm not saying there's any guarantees here. They, there could be ten guys in this draft that make the Pro Bowl, and there could be one that doesn't, and it might be the guy the Jets pick. I don't know. 
You don't know. Nobody knows. What we do know is the Jets made a bold move to fix a problem that's been in place for, for 50 years now, 47, that they've not had a franchise quarterback. And people are complaining, we gave up three picks. Who cares? You get a franchise quarterback? You finally win a damn Super Bowl? You're going to sit around complaining about your draft picks? Oh, man. No, we got a trophy, but what about those picks? Get the damn quarterback. Stop wor- worrying about a couple of second-round draft picks. Especially gee, far from an original thought. Who cares? That, look at the way this team's drafted in the second round the last 10 years. They have two players. David Harris, they got maybe two players. David Harris was one. It looks like Marcus May might be another. Seems bad. Two for their last ten in second-round picks. Bust after bust after bust. And, and I got to hear fans crying that I can't believe. I see teams say, we've thrown away our future. People are legitimately saying this. They, there goes the rebuild. They still have, if the Jets had made, if Mike McCagnan in the last 24 months had made zero trades, the Jets would have 14 draft picks between this year and next year. 14 picks. Because of all the trades he's made, acquiring picks and then trading picks away, over the next two years, Mike McCagnan has 12 picks. Two fewer picks than what they would have had, would have had, had they not made any trades. Given themselves an opportunity to acquire a franchise quarterback. So you explain to me how going from 14 picks to 12 with the opportunity to add a franchise quarterback, and you're also due to be the number one team in the NFL again next year with over $100 million in cap space, and and people moping around that, well, well, there goes the rebuild. We gave up some second-rounders. You get the quarterback? How many, as Jets fans, how many times do we sit around and say, oh, if we just get a damn quarterback, then all the other needs aren't nearly as critical? when you have a guy that can make up for some of your deficiencies. They get a quarterback, and all these things that are so pressing, we have to have this, we have to have that. A good quarterback can cover up for some of that stuff, and it's not as critical that you hit on every draft pick because, newsflash, nobody does that. Teams miss. Everybody misses. Mike McCagan certainly misses. But let's face it, you know, he's not John Idzik, you know, He's not, he's not a guy who gets 19 draft picks and finds three players. So this talk about how people can't believe he's mortgaged the future and there goes the rebuild, it, uh, you have to question the sanity or how much attention are you actually paying to this team? How much, how much are you actually aware of in terms of what's going on? This isn't rocket science. This isn't nobody sitting here saying that it takes hours and hours and months and months of studying this team to see the big picture. The big picture is they've put themselves in position to draft a quarterback, and it took a couple of draft picks to do it. You do that every time. The fact that they got to where they got without giving up a first-round pick was shocking. I've seen that said a million times, and I said it myself on that day. Could not believe they got up into position to get a, to get a franchise quarterback without giving up a first-round pick because at the moment that's pretty much the minimum of what it takes. Now who they take in that spot, who goes number three, 
it's going to be the hottest topic that Jets fans have had to talk about in, in quite some time. We're going to go on about it for pretty much every day for the next 33 days about what they do there. If the Giants don't might pass on a quarterback at two, which is difficult to fathom, but uh, I don't know how you do that when you have a 37-year-old quarterback. But if they do, I will be forever grateful. If they don't, you're still in position to get a Baker Mayfield or a Josh Rosen, depending on who goes one or two. Donald's going one. Um, out, Josh Allen. You know, I see so many Jets fans that don't want him, and I'm still on the fence with him. I, I can't say I don't want a guy who can do the things he can do when I see every single analyst, whether it's local, whether it's national, doesn't matter where they're from, everybody's saying this guy could could legitimately still be the number one overall pick. I don't think he will be, but that would be Mike McAgnan putting his future in the hands of Jeremy Bates. Now, is Jeremy Bates experienced enough? I don't think he's done enough in this league to earn enough trust in Mike McAgnan to put his his job in his hands. Um, I mean, he's doing that regardless with who he takes, but another project quarterback, unlikely, but, you know, I heard Daniel Jeremiah say, look, this guy is from the time the season ended till now, dramatic improvement in his footwork, which was a big part of his accuracy issues. We saw him play well at the, at the Senior Bowl. He's got to be in play, whether fans like it or not. Uh, you know, when a guy can do the things he can do, you can't you can't dismiss him out of hand because uh, because he had some hiccups. And I know I know it's a big hiccup, your accurate the accuracy issue, because not many guys make that jump. But it's going to be an ongoing topic for the next several weeks. Is it going to be Baker? Is it going to be Rosen? Is it going to be Mayfield? Is it going to be Allen? Does Donald fall? Do the Browns take Allen at one? And have the Giants take Barkley at two or Chubb at two and have Donald fall in their laps? That remains to be seen. We don't know, folks. We don't know how it's going to play out, but we do know we're going to have a really good time talking about it. As I said at the top of the show, It'll be myself for the time being and uh, perhaps bring in another host at some point. As Again, we are looking at that. We have some people in mind. But at the end of the day, we're, uh, we're all here to just sit, talk about this team, talk about their plans moving forward. As much as they, you know, as much as they will drive us nuts from time to time, we're all Jets fans. And um, it's going to be a fun ride, folks. It's already been a fun off season. And there's going to be a lot more good times coming. The quarterback is on the way. And other, you know, of course, other needs, offensive line, pass rusher, those will be addressed through the draft, we hope and expect. So that'll do it for tonight's show. Wanted to go over all the moves that were made and talk a little bit about the deal to get up to to, uh, number three and talk about how we uh, like the fact the Jets moved on from Indomitian Sioux already. But that will be it for me tonight. Again, a big thank you to Joe Blewett for all of his work with Jet Nation over the last few years. Best of luck to him moving forward. He'll do great things, I have no doubt. And please be sure to join us again in the next few days. We will be uh, talking more Jets football. Everybody have a great night. Take care.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.